Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Today, our guest is Brad Shapoulis. Brad is the Baxter City Administrator. And Brad, first of all, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you, Ken. It's a a pleasure being with you and Tess again today. Yeah. Uh, Well, we are into the fourth quarter, and that means the uh, City Council there in Baxter hard at work on the budget as uh, we get closer to the end of the year. Uh, Brad, if you will, I know you talked about it last time, but bring us up to speed on where that is right now. Sure. At the end of September, as all local units of government in the state of Minnesota have to adopt a preliminary budget or a preliminary levy, uh, we worked hard in the months of August and September to do that. Uh, what the council did on or approved on September 22nd is a preliminary levy of just about $7.1 million, which is about a $377,000 increase over the 2020 operating budget, which represents about a 5.5% increase in the operating budget. However, um, that is the operating budget in regards to uh, effective impacts on on residents. Um, we are estimating, these are estimates at this time, uh, due to the fact that the county uh, will set uh, the tax capacity here later this fall. But on what the information that we know, um, the effective rate of what the council has set as a preliminary for a house, a residential home valued at $175,000 would equate to about a $28 increase on their annual taxes, or Baxter's portion of the annual taxes, uh, on a home of 250000 that is $39. So right around a 3 to 3.3% effective rate is what we call it, um, impact on, on homeowners. Uh, with that, um, it is, a, again, a preliminary levy um, in setting that in September, we've established a ceiling. We are still working on the budget, uh, speaking with numbers and things of that nature, and the city is required to set a final levy in December. Mm-hmm. Um, with the establishment of the preliminary levy, we can't um, go over incre- in- increase yeah. the, the amount in which we levy, but uh, can reduce it. So that'll be what we'll be fine-tuning those numbers between now and December. Uh, with that, uh, we will be using the month of November to establish our rates for our enterprise funds, such as sewer and water usage and things of that nature. So we'll continue to work on the budget uh, for the next several months, but we pretty much have a vision or idea of the direction that we're going. Okay. Uh, Brad, as we get into October again, um, a lot of the road projects are being wrapped up before November 1st. Uh, Bring us up to speed on what's happening in Baxter, and if you will, give us a preview of 2021. Sure. Um, as most people who drive the 371 corridor can see, uh, about a week ago we did take down the construction cones related to Excelsior Road there in front of Mills uh, Fleet Farm. Uh, that it was a, a summer-long project that took uh, the improvements from 371 uh, to the Cypress Drive roundabout Uh, that was the last leg of of uh, multi-year improvements that were for that general area yay Uh, yay (laughs) Uh, and the other big project that uh, the city took on this year was doing a street sewer water project in the north forest view neighborhood that was a full summer project Uh, we are 
running against the clock, but we do have about 70% of that project completed at this point. I, I think people would be surprised by the traffic counts on Excelsior, wouldn't they? <laughs> uh, even even during construction. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it is it is uh, one of the three uh, east-west corridors that connect Baxter to Brainerd and uh, is utilized heavily by the local residents and, and, and uh, business traffic. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a connector, uh, the lifeline between the three, uh, the two communities. So yeah. All right. So uh, in, re- in regards to, I apologize, Ken, but uh, you had asked about 2021 yes. uh, projects. Um, I'm happy to say is, is that most of the projects are uh, on uh, lesser tra- traveled corridors, uh, but they were corridors that were utilized during uh, as detours during construction for the last few years, um, or they're offset uh, in residential areas. But uh, we do have uh, four areas in which the city will be working on uh, next year. Okay. Uh, We'll be redoing the road between on uh, College Road from the Cypress Drive roundabout to Highland Scenic Road or County Road 48. Oh, okay. Uh, yep, and that'll be the last uh, segment of that leg from 371 to 48 of College Road. Uh, we did the roundabout uh, with the Cypress Drive project. The following year, we did College Road from the, the roundabout to 371, and next year we'll finish off that leg. Uh, with going from the roundabout to County Road 48. Wow. Uh, well, it's going to be a nice, a whole nice stretch over on that side. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a smooth ride. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other uh, three areas that we'll be doing work on is reconstructing the road uh, design uh, just east of Edgewood, the frontage road there, um, <clears throat> Uh, east of 371 there uh, by uh, Mills G- GM and Buick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Universal, which is just the road that runs parallel to design, uh, just north of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the Four Seasons Car Wash. Okay. And then the last one is, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Isle Drive from Walmart down to Nystrom and Associates building there towards the Essential Clinic. Okay. Uh, that is uh, lived its or has. <laughs> it's seen better days. It's, it's seen better days, and it's wear and tear, and needs to be uh, replaced. So we'll be okay. working on those. So uh, not as large of an impact to the traveling public, but those uh, are uh, several key uh, corridors to our uh, commerce and businesses. So okay, wow, lots planned. That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to, to keep up with with uh, the transportation needs in our community. So, very good. Yeah, uh, Brad. I know uh, we talked yesterday with the Brainerd City Administrator about the uh, CARES Act and some of the grants that are going out. And if you will, please talk about that effect over in Baxter and how many businesses have taken advantage of that. Sure. As Jennifer alluded to yesterday, and I know you've had Tim Poole, the county administrator, on your program as well over the last few weeks. Uh, as you are familiar, you know, we've pooled our money uh, with several of the local units of government, with the driver being Crow Wing County, uh, to provide economic assistance grants uh, with the use of the CARES money, uh, which 
equated to over $3 million being pooled to be offered to local businesses that were impacted by uh, the pandemic. Uh, with that, um, 30, or 42 businesses within the city of Baxter had applied. Um, the county is taking action on those applications this afternoon, and by the time that you air this, it'll probably be approved, but <clears throat> the recommendation going to the board is uh, to award 36 businesses with grants wow. uh, within the city of Baxter that will total uh, uh, $360,000. So That's great. Uh, it helps out. Uh, all those that have been impacted, um, we know that uh, in establishing the program, that we wouldn't be able to, to get to everyone not knowing what the demands of the money would be. And as Jennifer indicated yesterday, uh, there'll be a round two as there's still money available. Mm-hmm. Uh, the eligibility criteria is being worked on by the county. I uh, would encourage anybody who wasn't aware of the program or um, may, may not have been eligible to look at uh, the changes that the county is making and uh, encourage them to contact LADAC, which is the organization that is helping the county mm-hmm. process those applications uh, to obtain more information as it becomes available. Very good. And and I don't know if that's, uh, if we need to mention this, but they are grants rather than loans, yes. correct? And they are grants. Um, they are not forgivable. They're nothing that, uh, or have to be paid back. They are a one-time grant opportunity with uh, only strings attached is that it's used for eligible expenditures uh, that are outlined by the U.S. Treasury. Okay. Very good. Good to note, because I think some people double clutch when they think this is some kind of a loan, but it is a grant. So Mm -hmm. there's a little paperwork, but boy, for those that need it, uh, take advantage of it, right? Absolutely. And Brad, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about our upcoming election. It's a big one. And how is the city of Baxter going about all this stuff? Sure. We have three positions that are up for election this uh, fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, The mayoral position. uh, The only candidate that filed is uh, the incumbent, Mayor Daryl Olson. And then two council seats uh, that are up for election. Those are currently held by Councilmember Mark Cross and uh, Councilmember Todd Holman. Uh, Todd Holman has decided not to seek re-election, and so that leaves a vacancy. So at the time of closing for uh, the election, Mark Cross is the only uh, individual who filed to run for the council seat. So we do have a second seat that has not been identified as a candidate, so we'll have a write-in opportunity. I know that there are several people who have expressed interest, a few that have gone on and and started to run a write-in campaign. Campaign, yep. But uh, what the general public should know is that um, the of the two council seats, uh, we don't have wards or anything of that nature. They're at large, and so the two highest uh, tallies would, getters, be yeah. award, would be the uh, individuals who would be awarded or would win those seats. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And with, uh, and I'm sure you've heard it from others that you have had on your, on your, uh, your show, 
regarding the election. Uh, we are used to having election results the night of, uh, but with the mail-in ballots and things of that nature, uh, we are we are giving caution and indicating that it will be probably several days before we have the final results of the election. Um, as you know, mail-in ballots uh, can be mailed in, and have be, as long as they're postmarked on the, by the day of the election, yep, they November will be counted. 3rd. So, okay. so it may take five, six days for that mail-in ballot to get to the county, um, and if it is postmarked. November third, on or before, yep, yeah, will be counted. So, okay, um, if it's a close race, we may not know uh, who the winner is until uh, several days thereafter. Well, certainly one thing is for sure. Uh, this entire year has been <laughs> different uh, because of the pandemic, and mm-hmm. uh, we should expect nothing less for the election. And I think all of these moves. Uh, of the, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things going on. Uh, people can uh, drop off their ballots through a drive through location that the county is sponsoring. Starting Friday, and, yep. And the list goes on and on. Uh, um, the precinct or the uh, the part of the county I'm in is mail-in only. Yeah. So I won't even have a poll place to go vote. But all of these changes just mean uh, waiting a few extra days to get the final results. Uh, it seems to me it's just all in the interest of safety for all of us. Right, Brent? Absolutely. Absolutely. And Ken, if you are sad about not getting a sticker, I'll make sure that you get one on November 3rd. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. <laughs> Thank you very much. I can have my daughter make you one, too. If you want. <laughs> All right. And though recently, Brad, we saw in the, uh, in the paper that you had to retire one of your, shall we say, police staff members. Elaborate on that. Yes. Due to injuries, we had to retire our canine officer, Rossi who had served uh, several years for us and did a very good job. Uh, however, um, the wear and tear on the duty uh, uh, of the position uh, did lead to injury that uh, uh, could not be repaired. And so uh, we had to sadly uh, retire uh, Rossi and would like to thank Rossi as well as um, their handler, which is Officer Halverson, for the time and, and commitment that they made to serving uh, Baxter and the Brainerd Lakes area. Yes, we salute Rossi. The first question I would have after that is, are there any plans to replace uh, Rossi? You know, we're currently evaluating and making uh, decisions on how we proceed uh, going forward uh, with the changes and what the canine officers do. Uh, we are taking a holistic uh, review of our canine program, and we'll be making a decision here probably in the next few months on, on, on how we proceed moving forward with replacement of Rossi. Very good. Okay. Anything else that we need to know what's going on in the city of Baxter? Uh, that uh, is all that I had on, on my list to talk to you about. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions that uh, either of you may have. I think we've covered a lot of ground, and Brad, we uh, want to say thank you again for being here to talk about these uh, things that are going on in the city of Baxter. And you stay safe, and we'll look forward to chatting again next month. Thank you, Kate. You intend to stay safe as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Brad Shapoulis is the Baxter City Administrator. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. 
We remind you that our community focus programs can be accessed anytime right on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also pick us up through our free downloadable app, and that is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.